And now, for the thousands in attendance and the millions of people that wish they were sitting in front of my bar at the moment, welcome to the seventh episode of At The Bar with Yo Adrian, where I explore the lives and times of some really interesting people. One of those interesting people happens to be the four-time fittest man in Australia, Gary Ross. Good morning, Adrian. Now, Gary, I'm not going to offer you an alcoholic beverage because I know that you've never drunk in your life. So I'm going to give you a water. here. Thanks. Here it is here, mate. I'm going to try the Royal Salute. This is the first podcast for 2022. So I'm bringing out the La Creme. Cheers, Gary. Thanks, mate. Royal Salute. One of the best blended scotches you will ever have. Now let's get straight into it. How you been anyway, mate? Good. I can offer you an alcoholic beverage. That's like offering an Italian a ham and pineapple pizza. <laughs> I know you're going to say no. <laughs> anyway, in a couple of weeks' time, you're opening up a new gym in the southeastern suburbs of Sydney, in Matraville, and it's going to be called Complete Fitness and Health. Now, where did you get the inspiration for this relatively late time in your life to open up a gym? Well, I've, uh, I've been in the industry 42 years, and I've always worked for people, and I think, you know, I've, I've done enough for someone else. I want to do something for myself, you know. I've always worked hard, and, and they get the benefit from all of my experience and knowledge, and, you know, I thought, well... I've got to do it myself one day, and 61-year-old, it's time to do it. And you've had, you've had lots of experience in fitness. I mean, you've forgotten more than most people know, most personal trainers know. Yeah, it's um, been a long time. I had an accident in 1984, but I was always training before that. But since then, I've been you know, a trainer, personal trainer, and I train myself at high levels. But yeah, it's, it's been years and years of training people, athletes, normal people, and even people that are in wheelchairs and disabled i've always helped them over the years so i've had a lot of experience through different type of training won the title as the fittest man in australia four times what physical torture did you put yourself through just let everyone know out there that what was involved in that becoming the fittest person how did how did they judge that well you know you got super aerobically fit people like runners olympic runners they're phenomenal then you got very strong powerful guys in weightlifting but none of them have got both or even endurance as well there's endurance athletes as well so you've got to train all aspects of fitness you know you've got to be strong you've got to have endurance and you've got to have great cardiovascular fitness and recovery so it, it's years and years of training my body at that levels the lactic levels of accumulation of waste product build up in your body and i've i've trained for years and able to handle it a lot longer than other people and maintain that intensity to do these crazy feats and fundraisers i've been doing for years there was a story someone told me that used to go down to those steps at Coogee. Yeah. And you used to do a dozen of them like a like, stroll around the park. I, I always done steppers in, in gymnasiums. Independent steppers were phenomenally hard on your thighs, you know. Mm. But it, those are all depending on your weight. But the stairs at Coogee, there's people who can do better than us. But i done 21 once with Glenn Kelly. To, he fought for a world title and Kevin Kelly. 21. And most people wouldn't even do one or two. Um it's like Mount Fujiyama. You go halfway and you think, oh, I've finished, but you've got another, you know. And we're doing them fast, two and three steps at a time, and recovery is, is jogging down so you don't fall. But it, they're unbelievably hard. But again, like you've got people that can beat me on them, but are they, they can't do other stuff that I can do. So you've got to be an all-rounder. But that's one of my training when I was younger. Yeah, very, very hard on your legs. Lactic acid accumulates. The heavier you are, the harder it is. Well, I remember... Uh, doing them once and I actually did a few times and the most I ever did was about four and 
my cardio was okay, but it was the lactic acid in my uh, quads that yeah. was killing me. You've got to train the lactate to get used to lactate. That's the top of your aerobic range. When your body's no longer working aerobically, it starts working anaerobically. There's always a waste product, and it's called lactic acid accumulating in your muscles. So it stops your muscles from working. Some people take bicarbonate soda. Some people, like me, have been training that intensity for years. So I've got accustomed to not letting it build up as much. I'm still human. I still get it, but I'm able to handle it longer than other people. That's one great thing I can do. My whole body's like that, not just my legs. Did you take a lot of those athletes there and to do that? You mentioned Glenn Kelly. Yeah, I trained Glenn and his brother for world titles. They were phenomenal athletes, better runners than me. But when the intensity got up there, I could beat them. But just flat out, just normal running, they've got it all over me. Anthony Mundine was another one. Uh, They're phenomenal athletes already, and I have to work at my stuff. I'm not, you know, genetically gifted. So all my stuff that I've achieved is from hard training and, and like, training at the incredible high levels. Those world records that we all know about, especially our circle of friends, we all know that you broke some world records. Were they Guinness Book of Records? Can you explain what happened there? Yeah, well, they were. In a sense, I took on the record, but to, for Guinness to be official, you need the Guinness judge there, and that's $10,000 out of your... All my things are fundraisers for cancer, so I'm trying to raise as much money as I can for New South Wales Cancer or Queensland Cancer, wherever I'm doing it, and they take $10,000 to have a judge to adjudicate what you're doing. So I got the professor at the highest university of sport in Sydney to come and do it for free. So I'd done the same thing. I broke the record. I was there doing it. Everyone's seen it. I had lots of people, and I raised a lot of money, and all the money went to cancer, not to the Guinness people. Just explain to the public what you actually did. I remember you would, there was one that I saw. You were lifting your own body weight. Yeah, the whole body weight record. You, squat, you were squatting your own body weight, and you did some ridiculous amount of repetitions on yeah. doing your own body weight. It's squatting is a compound movement, but mainly your legs are doing the work. But when you do repetitions, your whole body is copying it. So your abdominals, your lower back, your trapezium, the back of where the barbell sits, they, they actually are flexing for the whole time. And I had to do it for 23 minutes without taking that bar off. And I'd done 240 reps. So that's, there was a record of 115, and I can do that at training. Um, but on the day, I'd done 240 repetitions and... My God, was that hard. You know, you, you go through certain stages. I have nephews that play first grade rugby league and they're lucky to do 50 reps, you know, and the elite athletes might struggle to do 100. That's crazy. That's, and that's I've done lot. 240, so it's pretty mad when you think about what I've done. Um, it was a body weight. Yes, people can do lots of different things, but body weight is a different thing. You get the strongest man in the world. He couldn't squat his own body weight for 20 reps, let alone you know, uh, 50 to 100. And for all the people out there, those uh, records that he's, Gary's talking about, they're all on YouTube. So you can find them on YouTube. Just put in Gary Ross World Record. You'll see for yourself. It was an incredible feat. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I've done some crazy fundraisers over the years. I've done some at Darling Harbour at the Fitness Convention. I've done one at Port Macquarie. Just I lifted 112,000 kilograms in 55 minutes. That's like 10 garbage truck full. So wow. it was a circuit of weight training, but I treated it aerobically. So That's an insane I, amount of weight. So I was supposed to do my own body weight for 1,000 reps. And as I was getting closer towards I was going to do it, 
I thought, well, I'll double my body weight on four exercises. Instead of doing 75 kilos, I dieted to 75. I'd done 150 on four of the exercises. So the weight kept doubling, doubling every repetition. So I ended up doing 112,000 kilograms in 55 minutes. And I raised, I think it was nearly $13,000 for cancer that day. But it, it was... Um, people understand weight training is anaerobic and you've got aerobic which is non-stop well i treated the non-stop anaerobic aerobically which most people can't do like no matter what elite athlete you know you're talking about olympic levels and whatever strength or aerobic they it's different totally different your body's not capable of doing it but i've been doing it for years and and i put my mind to it i get my body in good condition of course then my mum and dad and my mum and my sister died of cancer, so I've got another reason why I put myself through these punishing things and I raised money, yeah, for a good cause. Now, your second love, other than your family and your fitness, is rugby league. Rugby league and boxing, yes, I love it. Tell me how you got into rugby league, because I know you, you played a bit of football for Souths. I played for South East and Newtown, the proper Newtown, not the second division. Um, my dad played first grade for Balmain in the old days and also he boxed professionally. Then he had a very bad accident which stopped his career. But he then sort of introduced me to the sport when I was a baby and I loved it. I loved it so much. You, know, you played I, for Mascot? I, junior. The great played, Mascot Jets? Mascot Jets. I played for Kensington when I was really young. Hello, I, Greg Waterhouse out there. Yeah, I know Greg listens to Shaxi. my podcasts. Shaxi is a very good friend of mine. Yeah, most of my friends are from that area um, in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, I love rugby league to death. My nephews all play grade now. It's just something in me, and I played for nearly nothing, and I would still play now if I didn't have injuries. I'd love to play rugby league right now. <laughs> now, you might have a nephew this year that might play in the grand final, Sean well, Lane for Parramatta. They're going very good. They sometimes are off and on, but, yeah, they're going well, and... Penrith and, and, and Melbourne will be up there with East. I don't think South will be up there this year, but I think East, Penrith, Melbourne and Para are up there. Cronulla's are sort of maybe up there as well. So back in your uh, footy days, you were known as a fantastic tackler, someone who, who could tackle all day, yeah, I suppose dad, just like your fitness. My dad would drill me in defence. So in, when I played rugby league, I was lucky to miss one tackle a whole year. And I didn't, my dad would give it to me. <laughs> oh my God, he pulled me off if I missed a tackle and I nearly got flogged to death for it. So I learned yeah. to be like a cattle dog and I used my players around me to hone the person in and then I drove them in the legs and pulled them together with, with my arm strength. And, you know, I very rarely tackled above until I went to grade. Then I had to still learn to bull and all and I got a lot of elbows and things in in them days you basically got away with anything i lost my teeth i got stitches in my head my eyebrows my mouth from tackling high which i never done in my life you know i used to tackle around the legs i'd get the steel studs in my chest and around my neck from hitting them around the ankles but never stitches and losing my teeth when i had to learn to tackle high which is stupid but that's how they do it these days not many tackle around the legs anymore a few do now can you tell me about those elite boxers that you used to train? Yeah, well, I trained Jeff Fennick for a while years ago when he tried to come to rugby league and he played reserve grade for Parramatta and I think he had a few minutes on first grade. So Jeff had to put on some muscle, so I had to give him some strength training and also he had to be fit too, a different type of fitness. 
short explosive stuff. It's but um, yeah, he, Jeff Fennick was involved with me with weight training. But then, you know, over the years I've trained different athletes, but I trained Glenn and Kevin Kelly for world titles. We've done lots of different interval training and trained three minutes flat out for the each round for the fighting. It was all cardio and weights, different days for different. They had to do their boxing school training with their boxing trainer as well. So I helped them with their diet, their strength, and their aerobic conditioning. Because I remember Anthony Mundine's earlier fights, you were always there yeah, at, the I end, trained, at the end of the fight. I the, trained Anthony. In the ring. Yeah, I trained Anthony from nearly basically the first fight. Phenomenal athlete. You know, when he trained with me, he realized that football training is not the same as elite boxing training or other type of training at the highest level. And Anthony was on the ground so many times and he doesn't like to be put in his place. He was on the ground exhausted. So he adapted and he was a phenomenal athlete too, like Glenn and Kevin Kelly. He didn't drink or smoke. He was a great person with that part. And he, you know, the only thing, he loved Red Bulls and chocolates and and that's the downfall of his world title first loss. But yeah, he was a great athlete. I thought he could have been better. He would have went over to America. But um, yeah, he's still done a lot of great things. Were you there when Glenn fought Roy Jones Jr.? No, I didn't for that go to undisputed middleweight yeah. title. I didn't go to America. That was a that. massive achievement when you think about it. Yeah, he just to be he, in the ring with him for the, the undisputed middleweight title. Well, yeah, light heavyweight. Yeah, he Roy Jones was one of the best of all time, but he went down too long. But Glenn fought him at his peak. Not many people fought him at his peak. He was phenomenal, and I think it was too much for Glenn. Glenn was a great fighter but the level of where Roy Jones was at was just, just too much and Glenn was a bit intimidated he should have went forward and went for it it doesn't matter if you're going to lose your muscle well lose you know he he sat back and waited too much and Roy just played with him it was like a rooster that's how he used to do his boxing with his hand behind he was like a rooster attacking that's how he fought and knocked Glenn out after three knockdowns um, but yeah, it was a great achievement, like you said, to fight Roy wow. Jones Jr. Amazing. Uh, Kevin Kelly, too. He fought for world title. He fought David Reed, which was a gold medalist in the Olympics, and he knocked him down and we should have won that fight. Uh, he was the different fighter than his brother. But, you know, he got up there and fought for world title. That's a massive achievement. Now, on a personal level, you recently got married. What was that recent? How long, how long was it now? About four years. Four years. Oh, that's yeah, I travelled the world. Pretty recent. Yeah, I travel the world with sport and I've been involved with sport all my life and it's very hard to find someone compatible that loves sport to the level I do and loves animals and wants children. So it took me years to find one, but I've got a great wife now and I've got two little beautiful little daughters. Hopefully I'm going to have go for another one, a little boy, if I can. My dad had eight <laughs> girls. You're going to keep going until you get a boy? Well, my dad had eight girls and two boys. So. <laughs> I feel sorry for the boy. He's going to get flogged with training. Um, yeah, it's... Late start in life, but I, I done a record up in Port Macquarie, and my little daughter was there for it. It was so funny. We got a picture in the paper, and that it was it was a really good achievement. She was going, Daddy, 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 go, Daddy. And you know, I done an incredible thing there. I done another one. It it was one of my hardest ones of all. I done one at Darling Harbour, and I had to do a thousand repetitions of my body weight, and I dieted seventy five kilos to make it easier on my whole body. Um, the, the lighter you are aerobically, the easier it is. But if you get too light, you lose your strength. But I got to a good weight. Anyways, I lift my own body weight for a thousand times and I had to burn a thousand calories in the time. It's all under two hours. So i done one hour, 45 minutes. So I beat the record by 15 minutes. So I lifted 75,000 kilograms 
and burn a thousand calories and it was set up like I'd done three weights one cardio three weights one cardio and it was all non-stop so again I'm treating an incredible high intensity workout which is anaerobic aerobically for nearly two hours I lost five kilos so end of it I weighed 70 kilos I raised I think nine thousand dollars at the fitness convention in Darling Harbour so that was another big achievement and you know I was proud of doing something that I had to train so hard for that to lose five kilos in that time <laughs> you can understand it was winter time too so I started cramping up at the end but yeah great I thought it was a great achievement and um, I'd done it for good reason for mum and my sister that's good Gary what about the gym that you're going to open up what's going to be the point of difference between your gym and all the other gyms out there well because everyone's opening up gyms these days yeah um, there needs to be a point of difference I know that you're much, much more qualified than most people out yeah. there. Well, it's not just the knowledge and that. Is it's I'm a teacher. Okay, I'm not a trainer. I'm a coach, a teacher, right? So you got a boxing. He's a proper coach. He teaches you skills. So in most personal trainers, they don't teach. They train. So they rely on you uh, as a trainer, and they don't really know nothing. So I'm going to teach people about the whole package, not just strength not just cardio, not just endurance, the whole package and lifestyle, diet. You know, if you can get off the drink, get off the smoke, get off the drugs, I hope I can help these people because I don't do those things and I'm a good role model. So basically those are very important things. I'm a teacher and I have the best equipment money can buy and I know equipment because I train my bum off. I know what's the best. Everyone's got the same equipment. I haven't. I've got special equipment and I set it up in a way especially my classes, which mostly my gym will be group classes. I've set it up in a way that it's better for your whole body to work the whole body, you know, to be more efficient aerobically, to burn fat, to improve fitness, to improve strength and endurance. If you do the circuits I'm going to set up, you will achieve that. So the difference is the whole package that I'm giving. And, and where do you get all your weights from? They're all made in China these days, mm-hmm. basically, but they're designed in America and European. So I've been to China I've got it, you know, everything saying, oh, this board is made in China. Everything's made in China. Let me tell you, they send back to America and then back to Australia. They say they're made in USA. Very little, very little is made in USA, I can tell you that now. Now, what demographic of crowd? Well, you know, most of my life, you know, when I first started. Aiming for for your gym. Yeah, just a normal people. They want to improve in their fitness and their health. That's what I want to teach. So it's just a normal, run-of-the-mill male and female children you know that's what i'm i'm targeting and just to make them feel better in life and healthy and fitter you know it's about health as you get older i'm 61 year old and my health is very very good i don't take nothing for nothing like most people my age are overweight they've got on this pill for that they're on this pill for that they're on this and that i take nothing uh, so every now and then i feel a bit down i might take some supplements and it's not really, you know, it's just a multivitamin or something because I'm a bit down. I'm not eating sufficiently because I'm working too hard. Sometimes you, you're down on some vitamins. You know that. You feel it in your body. But my diet's very good, so I get everything from my food. You know, I don't have to take these supplements and these pre-workouts. You know, I break world records from eating correctly, giving me fuel to enable me to do that. All these people take these caffeine things and there's this and that. You don't need that. You eat correctly. You've got heaps of energy, you know, and I know what to eat 
and I make sure I get it in my bloodstream, not in my stomach. Most people come and eat and then come and train. And things take hours to digest to be in your bloodstream to give you energy to enable you to train at whatever level you're training at. And you also use body fat for energy as well, depending on what you're doing, aerobic or anaerobic. But, you know, your diet's important and my diet's good. So, you know, I achieve these things from living this life. I live, you know, no smoke, no drink, no drugs. You know, I could drop dead tomorrow, but I don't think I will. Um, I ride motorbikes. That's I don't think you will either. That riding a motorbike could kill me. I love motorbikes, um, but I think I should kick on for a lot longer. Can Do you, you still dabble in TV? I haven't done TV for a long time. I was on Country Practice, Willing and Able, Rafferty's Rules. I worked with Nicole Kidman and Vietnam Series. I've done commercials here and there. I had an accident when I was in 1984 to stop my football career, and I've had about 20 operations since then. So I've done a bit of... TV work, featured extra work, not an actor. But I had some lines here and there. It was good fun. And one, I was having operations at times, so, you know, I wasn't working. So it was all good fun. I met a lot of different people in the world. And, um, I would have liked to seen you on that Gladiator show. Yeah, well, I went, in, I went for you trial. You would have killed it in that. They wouldn't let me in it because I've had the operations and that. I had to, they wanted me to sign a stack deck. I said, I'll sign it straight away. There was eliminations. I was first in everything. Uh, uh, there was people from all walk, walks of life, you know, a lot of bodybuilders. I judged bodybuilding for 25 years. That's right, yeah. And, and you know, I judged Mr. Olympia and the highest level of bodybuilding. So, I, you know, them guys are not fit aerobically. They've got no endurance. They look good, but they can't really do much with their bodies. Gary, your favourite bodybuilder of all time? Or your favourite physique? Oh, oh, one called Flex Wheeler. Phenomenal. Not a really massive guy, but unbelievable body. I've helped a lot of bodybuilders improve on their cardiovascular to burn fat because most people that do cardio to burn fat they mainly use their legs so i've trained them to use the whole body aerobically to burn fat to make it more efficient and the metabolic rate increases and in burning more fat so uh, they've always got a lot of muscle so they're, you know they've got a fast metabolism in a sense but they don't do much upper body cardiovascular but um yeah i've been in so many different sports but yeah the, the gladiators i went in we had a friend that was in Gladiator. Yeah, Paul Vella. He was the leader. Vish was in it. Yeah, Vish. He. How did he go? Uh, he went all the way to the final, and it was unbelievable. They ganged up on him because they was they, he was making a fool out of the Gladiators, all the big big guys, and they ganged up on him and made him not get beat by someone else. Then I challenged the winner of that and beat him by twenty minutes in Australia's fittest man. So they were pretenders, really, and some all right athletes. I'm not saying they're all bad, but. I challenged them twice and they wouldn't let me in. I said, well, don't let me as a gladiator. Let me in as a competitor. Let me go against these guys and I'll make a fool out of them. Please let me. The, 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 the public would love to see an 80 kilo He guy. doesn't like confidence. Well, the, the public would have loved to see a little 80 kilo, kilo old man beat these big monsters, yeah. you know. It would have been fairer. And they're not all-rounders. So I would have sidestepped them, palmed them in the face, picked them up, speared them in the ground. They've got no idea. They're just big, strong guys and explosive, you know, but um, they're not what you call fitness. They were saying, oh, they're the fittest guys and all that. No, they're not the fittest guys. They last for two minutes. Well, they, they wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be fit compared to you. Well, they, you know, they're more powerful and than I've me. trained with this guy at Fed Ingham. He'll kill you. You ever train with Gary, you know you've had a training session. Yeah, there's different, there's different levels of, there's so many elite athletes who are aerobically fitter than me, I told you, and a lot of powerful guys but 
I train for all-round fitness. You know, I've talked to Robert DiCostello and told him how I've done this and that. I, I'm, I love watching him and phenomenal runners run 1,500 metres and all. But I showed them what I'd done and they wouldn't even do one-tenth of what I can do. But they're all great at different things, you know. But I, I train all-round fitness, which I think it's a better way to be. Mm. You know, it, it, all these guys that do all these records and do all these crazy things, they're only good at one thing. And I, I don't train for that. I train for the complete package. Just like your fitness gym's going to be called. The well, com- it's yeah, the complete, complete package. Well, it's, I'm going to rule under my name, Roscoe's, mm. but complete health and fitness is registered under. And that's what it's all about, the complete package. Now, Gary, final question. Yep. There was something you'd like to change about yourself. I always finish my podcast with this final question. What would it be? Uh, yeah. Um, you had the power to change anything about yourself. Well, I made a mistake. I had a beautiful waterfront house in Gaumier Bay. And I wanted to move to North Queensland to have, I love animals to death. And I wanted to breed dogs and have every animal possible I can by the law. And I went up there and done that. And it was a great life. I don't think I'd done the wrong thing. And I bought a big boat and went fishing every day and had the greatest life. But I didn't. I went down in my business sense, you know. I um I could have stayed in Sydney and made a killing, but I went up there and had a great life. But, oh, you know, I ended up being sort of nearly broke, you know. So if I could have changed that and still had some animals, I love animals to death, and, and still had them in Sydney, I would have um, loved to change that. Well, I'm sure with this new gym you're going to have a change of luck. Well, And it'll be a change of luck for the better. Now, that means if Gary can change means I can change, means you can change. So until my next podcast, treat people as you'd like to treat yourself, but don't take any shit from anybody. So until next time, see you later.